everybody, welcome back. You know, when it comes to haunted houses or places that that some people claim there are demonic possession, you know, things like that, I typically just think about the, you know, things like Amityville and um, the Velisca Murder House and, and a few others that uh, that we haven't mentioned yet because we're going to bring them up on podcasts coming up. So, but anyway, I say that to say this topic that we're covering today, I'll be honest, I hadn't heard of until the movie came out. Um, and I guess for somebody who's a fan of the paranormal, I feel sort of like, uh, sort of like I'm betraying our audience because I didn't know anything about it until the movies came out. Um, and of course I'm talking about the conjuring and the conjuring was, was one of those movies that, you know, there's, there's several movies that come out where, um, you know, they bring up a topic or it's something that's something new, like Amityville when it came out and scream and all those things. Um, it really level set the scary movie genre, the horror genre, if you will. And I think this is one of those because that movie right there was pretty scary. Um, you know, and it has probably a big credit to the people that were in it and how it was made, but well, they really made this house, uh, you know, really come to life. And so it was with that, we decided that, you know, we really wanted to cover this because one, you know, it, I feel like it's still new. I know it's not new, but I feel like the story's sort of new, um, especially for audiences that are a little bit older like ourselves, because this wasn't a big, it wasn't a big house or big, uh, I should say a big paranormal thing that we had heard of until later in our lives when our kids were <laughs> kind of bringing it up. So I feel like it's kind of new for us. So that's why it's new for Generation X Paranormal. So, kind of covering a little bit of the history. In January of 1971, the Perrin family moved into a 14-room farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island, where Carolyn, Roger, and their five daughters, Andrea, Nancy, Cindy, Christine, and April, began to notice strange things happening almost immediately when they moved in. And the house, it's, uh, it's definitely an old house. It was built in 1736, and the 10-bedroom farmhouse known as the Arnold State, or Arnold Estate, I should say, was a farmhouse built in the Rhode Island countryside. And it is located at 1677 Round Top Road, Harrisville, Rhode Island, and it was originally part of the Old Brook Farm, which was originally spanned 200 acres. And that is a whole lot of room. So, kind of keeping with the format that we normally go with, uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Nicole and, you know, Nicole, what, uh, what do you want to bring up about it? So when the family moved in, all the things that they started to notice started very small, which okay. is typical of most of the stories you hear. It's like almost like the spirits have to get used to you. Right. You it's know, like a burn in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I say Carolyn, I'm talking about the wife, the mother. Okay. Carolyn would start to notice that like the broom was missing. Okay. Or it would move from place to place on its own. Like, you know, she would go to where she knew she put it and it wasn't there and it was in a different location. Um, she would also hear the sound of something scraping against the kettle in the kitchen when no one, no one was in there. Hmm. Okay. She would find small piles of dirt in the center of a newly clean kitchen floor. Which is funny that they moved the broom. Yeah, no kidding, right? You know, I, that's just kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and the girls, remember they've got, what, five girls? Mm-hmm. They were noticing spirits around the house, but, you know, for the most part, it was harmless things okay. happening. You know, probably just seeing things or hearing things. But there were a few um, that they claimed to be angry spirits. So Carolyn and the youngest daughter, Cindy, were terrorized the most hmm. out, of, out of all of the family, basically. Okay. And Cindy, Cindy was dragged out of bed and down the stairs by her ankles. <laughs> wow. That, that would be enough, I would think. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> um, she woke up to what she called a broken-necked lady broken neck lady who whispered come to me little girl okay which reminds me of the show yeah the what is it the house on haunt what is it no it's 
the hill haunting of hill house haunting of hill house yeah, remember in there she the little girl yeah. wakes up to the broken neck lady and I, I won't say what happens at the end in case you haven't watched it. <laughs> Spoiler um, no spoilers. Um, but that's where they they got this story wow. from the book. Because I thought that was terrifying in that show. It sure was. And to find out that it's real is really creeping me out a little bit. <laughs> no, I agree. That is pretty creepy. Uh-huh. And then this is something that is kind of unknown, that the oldest sister, Andrea, wrote a book about the experiences and... She didn't include this part in the book, but she talked about it in an interview that Cindy was in the bathtub when she was about 14 years old and something tried to drown her. There's no specifics on how that was done, but I would imagine just tried to hold her underwater. And to this day now, as an adult, she can only take showers. Mm. She's traumatized. I don't doubt that. As, you know. Probably the rest of us would be. No I would never get in another bathtub again after that. Wow, that is frightening. You mm-hmm. know, you think about <clears throat> you think about a lot of different places where you know you, if you come across something like a ghost or you know an entity or whatever, whatever you want to call it, you always think about it being in like neutral ground or like a ground that, like, let's say your living room or your kitchen or something like that. It's never in the most vulnerable place you could possibly imagine. Right. <laughs> It'd be, you know, for lack of better words, to be completely naked, not just physically, mm-hmm. but you're emotionally naked. You're very vulnerable. I mean, right. you can't even really get, I mean, I'm a little bit older, so it's a little harder to get out of the bathtub now as it is. But, you know, you figure it's not the easiest thing to get out of. You're totally nude. You're probably relaxed. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got this going for you. So... Talk about a a place you would not want to be caught with your pants down. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Yeah. So Carolyn believed, I guess she was visited by the broken neck lady as well. So it wasn't just Cindy, the youngest daughter. She believed um, that she would appear to her at dawn, stopping her alarm clock at 5.15 a.m. And she would terrorize her with different sights. Uh, especially like she kept seeing this hand with the skin flayed off. Mm. Now, I don't know why she thought this was the broken neck lady, but that's what she said, basically. I mean, at this point, that's all she has to go on, I guess. Right. And Andrea, in her book, or maybe in the interview, um, she she believes... So I guess Cindy, when she was two months old, had to go through a major surgery, and they lost her on briefly on the table. I mean, as in they, they like she, she died, died and came wow. back. Okay. Yeah. Like her heart stopped or something. And, um, the mom was, when she was younger, she had a near death experience where she left her body. And so she, Andrea believes that that somehow marked them that mm-hmm. they've crossed over at some point. And she thinks that they took the brunt of all the activity because, they had been to the other side, and they, they, you know, these spirits recognized that. Um, and she said, basically, they had literally transformed into spirit ever so briefly. Hmm. That's I mean, this is just her opinion, but, you know, talking about that, it, it very well could be. Because, you know, I've heard of other stories of people that it, that has happened to. Sure. Where they've seen things from the other side, and then they're very open once they come back. It's mm-hmm. just like... You unlocked a door, basically, yeah, I, to things. I guess you kind of break the veil, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess if you're if you're in a situation where you have a near death experience, or you actually, quote unquote, die for uh, you know a small amount of time, you know, if 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 you're in the camp that you believe in, in in an afterlife, you do you kind of breach the proverbial veil into the ethereal plane. And if you want to dumb it down, you break the seal. (laughs) So um, I I guess that would probably make sense. I would venture to say that if if there was something plausible, uh, yeah, I mean, that would make sense. They've they've already touched the other side. And more importantly, I would think that the people on the other side maybe recognize that Mm -hmm. in them. Yeah, that's what she kind of said. Mm-hmm. So because all this stuff was happening, Carolyn um, researched the history of the house and discovered that it had been in the same family for eight generations. 
and that many of them had died under mysterious or horrible circumstances. (laughs) So several of the children of the family had drowned in a nearby creek. One was murdered, and a few of them hanged themselves in the attic. Good Lord. Children hung themselves in the attic. Well, members of the family. We don't know if it was children. children, Some of the children died in the nearby creek. One of the this uh, she's talking about the eight generations oh, of this okay. family line, now. yeah. Um, so over eight generations, that I mean, that's a lot of it's a lot of death. death. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, I mean, when you're going back to, I mean, what it was 1793 or something, early 1800s. A lot of things you can die of disease and stuff, but this is not what it's saying. It's like they drowned, murdered, hanged. Yeah. It's like they were all tormented too so i mean could that have been something that was happening to them back then we don't know yeah i mean the potential is definitely there it's not like it's not like when i'm reading this it's not like you know uncle Ern died of a heart attack in the mm-hmm. in his bed no uncle Ern went upstairs and hung himself in the attic and aunt Susie went out back and drowned her so i yeah. mean good I mean, look at all that and and so this next part is just i don't know you know, this is the person that they always, like, want to claim it is. Like, mm-hmm. I guess a lot of the paranormal researchers and what we'll get to later kept claiming that most of this stuff was because of this spirit of this woman that had lived, right. okay, in yeah. the area near this house. She didn't live in the house. She was just, like, a neighbor, okay? So there was a, a real woman named Bathsheba Sherman mm-hmm. who lived on the parents' property, not in the house, but on the property, probably another house or something, in the mid-1800s. And she was rumored to have been a Satanist. Okay, we'll get to this in a second. Right. And apparently she was taking care of another another neighbor's, like, infant. And they said that they had evidence that, that she killed this child by mm-hmm. inserting a needle in the back of the head. Good Lord. However, there was no trial that ever took place. She was never convicted of anything. And she died in 1885 of a stroke. Okay. So she didn't die under mysterious circumstances or, you know, anything like that. And she was buried in a nearby Baptist cemetery in downtown Harrisville. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. Here's my thing is back in the 1800s, you know, this is something I'd like to cover in the future, you know, is about witches and witch trials and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. We know that they did this. You know, a lot, in, you know, in other countries. And then it right. came to the States early on in the early start of our country. And it didn't take much just to claim someone was a witch. No, I mean. Now, they're saying Satanist in this, but that doesn't mean they, I mean, they, they kind of always associated a witch with Satan anyway. So could yeah. it have been they were calling her a witch? Possibly. And I do know from just watching, you know, movies and TV shows and you know, my own research that sometimes if someone had a, a birthmark on them or, or something like that, they would think that was a witch's mark, right? right? Yeah. Like something had happened or they were using that type of voodoo, like they've, you know, doing something like that. So I'm curious as to why they think that the baby died of a needle in the back of the head. Was it because there was a mark, a birthmark maybe? Potentially, yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe it was just the baby just died because it had failure to thrive or something because during that time that happened a lot you know because there wasn't medical right uh, you know and doctors and stuff like that to be able to keep it but a baby they had alive. No physical proof of this not that i'm aware of or that i found no they just you know was it just hearsay yeah. that oh she took this needle and jammed it in the back of this baby like i don't know well first of all let's that's that is what I think. I think that they may have found a birthmark on this baby or something like that, and then because she had been in possession of it when it passed, now she's a witch. She's killed this baby by poking a hole in the back of its head. But then nothing was ever done. Like there was no trial. They right. didn't convict her. They didn't string her up like they would or burn her at the stake like you know right. they like to do. Yeah. Um, that's the MO. for witches. So I don't know. I I feel like this is something that's just been passed down in the community in that area, and now you know we've forever 
associated this woman with being a Satanist, and I feel that's a little unfair. I agree. And I guess if I put my... Taking the emotional part about knowing a baby died, if you take that out of it, there are so many different ways that are much easier to kill a baby than taking a needle and shoving it in the back of the head. First of all, it would take a lot of strength to do that because you're going to have to pierce through skull. I mean, I don't want to get into mm-hmm. A&P class, but yeah. yeah, it would not be the easiest thing to do. And there would be some kind of physical proof of that. Well, yeah. I mean, babies die from just being placed on their stomachs and right. like the cover being over their mouth and their nose, you know, so it wouldn't take much if that's really what, but I think the reason they say that is because they did, they accused people of witchcraft that they would basically, it's the same thing as like a voodoo doll. They mm-hmm. would make these dolls and then they'd insert the needles in the dolls and then it would, you know, create harm to the person that they had, you know, like they'd take the hair from the person or, you know, stuff like that. Sure. And then they'd make the, in, in, punish them that way. And I think that's why I think somebody made it up. Oh yeah, I did too. And said, you know, oh she did this, you know, yeah. to kill the and why did she want to kill the baby? Was it like Satan witchcraft, like sacrificing to the devil or something? That's that's gonna be my guess as to why this whole thing started in the first place. I agree. But I the th- reason we go to this is because the and whenever there's, you know, because the story is associated with the house, it's always like all the paranormal and are calling out her name when they ghost hunt. And, you know, and there's other things that happen here that we're going to get to that, you know, it was always this Bathsheba lady. And right. I, I just don't, I don't see it. Yeah. And from the stuff that that you've told me and the things that I've researched on my own, I, I, I don't buy the Bathsheba is, issue as well. Um, I think that. Every scary story needs a boogeyman, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. People can't just live with the fact that there's some weird crap happening out there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always have to be explained by something physical. Um, and, you know, this this lady bore the brunt of it. In fact, from what I understand in some, some, of, the, um, some of the videos and stuff that we've watched, she was kind of a caring person, too. She, yeah. was, a care, she was a caregiver for children. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that she wasn't a maybe had demons in her closet, which that's kind of funny to say considering the story. But, um, right. you know, it just I don't know. I don't buy that. Um, I don't buy the fact that she stabbed some kid in the back of the head with a needle. No, there's no physical proof of that. There were no there's no trial. Mm-mm. And you can't tell me that if these people that were so scared of the witches and everything else back in those days had they have found that she actually stabbed some kid in the back of the head, she would not have lived till 1850 or 1885 and die of a stroke. No. And, you know, and I have a picture of her, actually, and she's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very, like, a lady, what they would call a lady back then, you know. Sure. And I just don't, I don't, I don't, she doesn't look like what you'd think a witch would look like, you know, what yeah. they typically, so, I don't know. But... Anyway, to go on with the story, um, according to Andrea, uh, there were other spirits as well that they encountered in the house that they would sometimes smell like rotting flesh. Yuck. Which is ugh, gross. <laughs> which, which, funny enough, we, we made the mistake of just this last week of leaving um, hamburgers out of our deep freeze in the, in the uh, garage we had completely forgotten we left them there, and we kept walking outside going, what in the heck is that smell? Well, mm-hmm. that smell is that rotting flesh. So can you imagine what that must have smelled like? Well, we know what it's Well, that's like. true. Yeah, we do it's know disgusting. It's, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And then there were others that would cause the beds to rise off of the floor. Um, and she she says that her dad would enter the basement, and he would feel like a cold, like stinking presence behind him. Like, just feel that. And they usually wouldn't go in the basement because it was like a dirt floor cellar, you know. Sure. Um, but their heating equipment was always uh, shutting off, and they he'd Makes have to sense. go down there and fix it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I guess there was some negative stuff going on in the house. This was during, you know, um, Vietnam and, and all this stuff. And I so Roger and Carolyn, which are husband and wife, mom and dad, they were starting to fight and have arguments and stuff and and you know it's said that 
you know, evil spirits especially are drawn to negativity. Mm-hmm. So they feel like that was just spurring it on or that was causing it. Who knows? Causing the arguments. When Roger was alone, he would feel hands at the small of his back and hear sweet nothings in his ear. Okay, so what like... exactly are sweet nothings? So sweet nothings are just like, you know, like nice things said to a person that, that uh, you're attracted to or love, okay. you know, stuff uh-huh. like that. Okay. And then, but Caroline was always terrorized and attacked, <laughs> you know. Well, that's not fair. Right. And uh, this is a quote from Andrea. She said, whoever the spirit was, she perceived herself to be mistress of the house, and she resented the competition my mother posed for that position. So that would make sense if Roger's getting, you know, basically felt up (laughs) and she's getting attacked, you know. So the ghost, whatever it is, giving Roger a little ooh-la-la, and then poor wife is getting absolutely terrorized. Yeah. That's fair. So what's interesting about her statement of that, so this was originally the Arnold homestead, right? Mm -hmm. This is the the family that had been there for eight generations. So it started with uh, Mr. John Arnold and Mrs. John Arnold. I don't know what her first name was. Um, But Mrs. John Arnold hung herself in the barn in 1797. What in the heck is the deal with people hanging themselves in this place? She was 93, and it was right at... So her husband had died, and she probably just didn't want to go on without him. sure. And so... But... Man, ninety three. Yeah. If you've made it that long, why don't you just, just wait? wait? Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be long. <laughs> Especially in those times. I mean, Good. that's that's kind of reaching a a way more mature age in seventeen nineties. I mean, that's pretty you're old. up there. Yeah, yeah, for that time period. But I want to know what in the heck is it with people? I, well, I don't themselves? know. I don't know. So Andrea believes that. Mrs. Arnold is the one that's that was doing that to Roger and okay. was terrorizing um, Carolyn, and she thinks that she just wanted to take basically her mom's place, you mm-hmm. know? And a, a quote from her was, I always found it interesting that the same spirit that was attacking her was embracing him, and at the same time that their marriage was slowly but surely crumbling. Hmm. Well, I mean that makes sense because one, if you're if you're in your if you're if you're the wife and you're telling your husband, hey, this this crap's going on, you mm-hmm. know, I'm getting tormented over here, you know, I'm explaining all this horrible stuff. But yeah, the husband's like, well, that's that's not so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I think he worked a lot and he wasn't there, and he was like, oh, you know, yeah. maybe you're just imagining, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't that don't type get of too stuff. ahead of yourself, right? Yeah. So that's kind of like what happened in the house, you know, as much as we know. That's um, that's quite a history. Right. I mean, we're talking, oh, you know, anything from from what I would understand for paranormal instances, there's got to be poltergeist. There's got to be residual. I mean, there has got to be, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you follow... You know, the path, so to speak, of, of different type of hauntings or, um, you know, ghost, if you will. I couldn't imagine that there isn't like a football team worth of entities in this house. Oh, I believe so. I don't think it was one or just two. Yeah. All so, the meeting neck adjustments. So after, you know, all this had been going on and they couldn't take it anymore, they got the Warrens involved. The he- the big hitters. Yes. And if you don't know about them, I'll give you a brief history. So Ed Warren was a World War II veteran and a former police officer who became a self-professed demonologist after studying the subject on his own. His wife, Lorraine, claimed to be a clairvoyant and medium who was capable of communicating with the demons that Ed discovered. In 1952, Ed and Lorraine founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. 
They quickly gained notoriety as respected paranormal investigators after their initial investigation of the Amityville hauntings. Yeah. So they call them. Okay, they come to the house, and they basically just would come and come and go doing investigations. Okay, so the family left or lived there for about, I think, 10 years or so okay. while all this was going on. So at one point, Lorraine decided she was going to conduct a seance to attempt to contact the spirits that were possessing the family. During the seance, Carolyn became possessed, speaking in tongues and rising from the ground in her chair. And they had made the girls leave, you know, not to be a part of this, but sure. a couple of them, Andrea being one of them, like, you know, snuck and, and made sure and watch it, right? Because kids do, always listen. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she said, I, I thought I was going to pass out. My mother began to speak a language not of this world and a voice not her own. Her chair levitated and she was thrown across the room. So I guess when this happened, they thought that um, Carolyn was dead because there was a point on the floor that she was just, she looked lifeless. Wow. And it kind of, I think, scared Roger to death. Sure. And he was really ticked off at yeah, the Warrens. And he basically threw him out, threw him out of the house. Yeah, I mean, I don't care if you're, <clears throat> you know, the greatest uh, paranormal team in the planet. If they come to our house and mm-hmm. we're doing some seance, which, first of all, would never happen. <laughs> but let's say they were. And I saw something lift you up off of your chair and throw you to the wall. Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting the F out of the house. Including them. Right. So they threw him out, and but they had to continue living there because financially they couldn't afford to leave. Right. Um, And so they moved out finally in 1980 once they become financially sound. And I guess everything kind of died down after that. Hmm. Okay. That's... um so everything stopped after them? Well, it as far as they are concerned. Right, yeah, right, it, the parent family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there, you know, there were people that bought it in between there, but we don't know a lot. But I think things happened in the house. Sure. You know, but it wasn't wasn't to the point, I think, that they were terrorized, maybe. Right. And the reason I bring that up is I'm a <clears throat> I'm a firm believer that not only could can buildings and, and homes be be haunted, but people can be haunted. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, I think there are people that it doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter what state you're in, what age you are, you're a haunted person. Right. But I think it also goes back to the point of what she said about them both dying at one point. That's two people yeah. in one household that had been dead, even if it was like for a minute. So maybe these spirits were like, okay, I can contact them. I can get a hold of them. I can say things to them. And the next families, it just wasn't someone that or either was not open to it. We don't know the situation there. It's true. Mm-hmm. I find it odd that within that family, two of them died yeah. for an extended amount of time. Yeah. Both as children. That's what's weird. <clears throat> that is very strange. You yeah. know, before we move on, I... I'm a firm believer that it doesn't matter the type of person that they are. There are some people that are just genuinely touched and capable of being able to, I don't know if you want to say, see the other side or make contact, whatever that, whatever that includes, whether that be, you know, Ouija board or all that kind of crazy stuff. Sometimes the packaging isn't palatable. And I can tell you that there are some people on TV that, you know, admittedly, Nicole's not a big fan of. And there are people on TV that we are a big fan of. Mm-hmm. I don't think you always get a choice of the the packaging of the people that get that kind of, of gift. Um, but, yeah, you, you're right. You never know. Could it have been that, that they themselves also had an incident where they died? Or they had a way where they touched the ethereal plane? We have no idea, mm-hmm. you know. But, no, I, I find that interesting. Yeah. So... We're going to go all the way to 2019. Mm, okay. So in 2019, the home was purchased by Corey and Jennifer Heinzen. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. 
Um, and they opened the house up for paranormal investigations and visitors. Um, what I found interesting is every guest has to sign a waiver agreement that acknowledges, <laughs> quote, the environment is designed to maximize the fright and anxiety experienced by patrons with the risks, including violent spiritual attacks, spiritual attachments, frightening statements, and unpredictable and surprising situations. Wow. Okay. What so, does that mean, though? Does that mean because it's, it's set up to be... Well, I'm sure to a point. They probably tell the stories of the stuff, sure. but it's, it it just does not make them liable if you have a heart attack and die right. in the middle of the house because you're so frightened. <laughs> I mean, you're doing this. You're choosing to do this. You know you could get scared. You know a ghost could pick you up and throw you across the room. Right. You know, any of these things, but we're not responsible for you if something like you can't sue us or your your you know family can't sue us if you die in this house. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? That, the logic checks out for sure. Yeah. I mean, because people can, I mean, even if nothing happens, people can get worked up. Yeah. You know, just knowing where they are, especially from watching that movie, which yes. is extreme, you know. Right. And they know this is where this took place. And when you're already at a level, you know, like maybe two or three, just walking in expecting something to happen and then if one little tiny thing happens even a noise or a door opens or something like that you shoot straight up to like eight already <laughs> you know yeah. and that's just like a tiny little door opening right it doesn't have to be something picking you up and throwing you across the room you're yeah. already on edge and you're ready to jump and you don't you don't have to really go there because your blood pressure is going to be up and your body could react and certain people you know, their heart could stop there. You know, any of those situations could yeah. happen. So they don't want to be responsible for your death if you'll just add to the fun for the next group if you if you <laughs> pass away in the house, right? Unless you get sucked off. So they they. <laughs> Sorry, I love that show. Well, you need to explain that because that so, sounds terrible. <laughs> we watched the, the show Ghosts, and if you don't, it's hilarious. It's very mm -hmm, it's very cute. tongue in cheek. But they these ghosts live in a house, and if they complete their good deed or whatever they're supposed to do in this Their unfinished life, business. Their unfinished business, they get... Um, they call it being sucked they off. They call it being sucked off, where they go up into the sky and, I guess, go to heaven or whatever whatever you believe in. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I couldn't help myself. That's what it felt like. <laughs> but what, what, what I find interesting, and if you've never... Listen, if you've never been in a situation... Whether you're staying somewhere, whether you're ghost hunting, whatever you're doing, if you know the place has a history of um, paranormal activity, you, you're absolutely right. Immediately, you're on guard. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going <clears> to <throat> divulge to the audience what I'm talking about, but Nicole 100% 100 will know what I'm talking about. There was an incident where we stayed in a, in a hotel room, mm -hmm. and... There were so many events. Yes. Um, and it's it's scary to even think about it now. And this was this is several years ago. But the level of fear that you have when you're in a situation like that. Now, keep in mind, you know, and I won't get into too much, but I'm a military man. I've been I've been some places, but that fear. <laughs> neither one of us slept a wink. No. It was, it was awful. But we knew that going in. We knew the room we were going in. It was a well-known room. Yep. And so that level of fear that stays with you, that keeps you, it does. It makes you absolutely tuned into everything. Yeah. And that nothing really happened to us as far as like, you know, anything bad. Let's no. say it that way. Yeah, nothing bad. You know, we came out alive. Everything was fine. Yeah. But... It was scary. <laughs> Very scary. And we'll do one on that yeah. that place oh, that's definitely in the future. Coming, yeah. But yeah, you because you are at a level, and it just raises it each time any little tiny thing happens, and and people could have heart attacks or sure. strokes or oh yeah, you know, whatever it may be. And I think at that hotel, we didn't we did sign something? I think no, no. Well, I didn't sign anything. If you signed something, <laughs> I don't know. I, I signed didn't. a lot of stuff. <laughs> But the reason we wanted to cover this this week 
is because this house is in the news as of this week. So they are now offering overnight camping experiences. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to let everybody know. And what I think is cute, because we know about glamping, right? Well, they have put a little spin on it with a GH at the beginning. So they're gamping experiences. Okay, and I'm going to read from the website exactly what it says. Our new gamping experience will take you beyond the walls of the Conjuring House and immerse you in the land for an unforgettable overnight investigation within the walls of our three- to four-person tents. With only eight sites available, these are the perfect base for your overnight adventure in this iconic location. Visitors are to bring their own equipment to investigate what might await in the darkness because this excursion is sure to test your capacity to experience the paranormal. And they have about 20 dates available from June to October, and they start around $300 per night. And I kind of looked around on the website and kind of looked, and they've got, so all the campsites are in different areas of, like, around the house. Okay. Okay, so you don't get to actually go in the house or do a tour of the house. That's a separate thing that you have to pay for, right? But there are things that they, they talk about on the property that, you know, they have like a site down near the creek. And remember, they said that mm-hmm. those kids had been drowned so to look for kids. And, and they've got one deep in the woods that you can do. And then they've got one by this, I guess there's a wall that's in the yard. And there is a story, something about revolutionary soldiers could have been like seven sure. revolutionary s- soldiers had been killed there or something. And they said that um, a few years ago they had... Uh, ground penetrating radar come mm-hmm. out and near the wall there are five looks like five graves possibly <laughs> dug there so yeah. they have a, a tent near that you know near that space so they've got eight specific ones and you don't have to stay where your tent is you can go all over the sure. grounds right like doing <clears> this <throat> but they you know they said this is like camping camping we do not provide water toilet <laughs> mm. electricity anything like that i mean there might be like a outhouse or something i don't yeah, know i would imagine but have to do you that. can't go in the house i mean period 300 bucks a night i'm pooping somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that's kind of what they're offering um it says this is your chance to experience what has earned the conjuring house its legendary status the spirits are calling are you brave enough to answer nice yeah so you can you can get on there and um you know, look at it, look at it, and see if you're interested in doing it. I think it'd be kind of cool. No, it'd be really cool. The only thing I kind of find you don't—it's not in the house, so yeah. And you got eight eight campsites, three to four person tents. That's a lot of people milling around there. I don't know how you would ever find anything with that much going on. Yeah, at some point it's got to be like the um, going to the top of Everest, right? You got mm-hmm. all these people lined up to go because right. it's just so crowded, right? Right. So if you're, I don't know, if it's you're a, an entity and you're seeing all these people milling about, I think at some point you just, you got a beer, sit back and relax and just say, you know what? I'm tapped out. I'm done. Yeah. That's how I feel about all of these like types of places that offer ghost hunts at night for groups of people. I'm like, how are you ever going to find anything with that? Yeah. I mean, because people are talking, they're laughing, they're... You know, it's not, it needs to be quiet. It needs to be like a long time period because, you know, stuff doesn't just happen. No. So, and I would think that if it was a, if you got all these people doing that, I mean, that could prevent things from happening. Yeah, that's what I would think. No, I'd love to do it. Um, I mean, yeah, 300 bucks a night's a little, a little on the higher side, but if, I mean, you are kind of at a very well known place. Mm-hmm. I don't um, think the price point is bad. I just think it's too much going on at once. And you're not getting access to the house, so it's like, eh, I don't know. I think for that kind of money, I would at least want maybe not a full tour, but maybe like something, you know, let us in the main hallway just to get an idea what it looks like inside. Yeah. No, I don't know. They may offer something like that, like when you first show up because you got to like come in early. Package. Maybe like they may like you know, give you a tour through the house or something. Who knows? Um, but. And I don't fault them as business people. I no, mean, it's, it's a, it's yeah. a very smart, yeah. you know, buying this house and, and 
that was one thing that they had said was, you know, it's not fair that people buy this house and just close it off from everybody, everybody that's interested in the paranormal. Like they wanted to open up and let people do overnight stay. I mean, and there are, there is a package where you can go there overnight and do the ghost hunt. This is just a new experience, you know, that you can do if you can't do the, the house, you know? Um, so that's kind of them at least to, to open it up. Sure. Because with that movie, it's just gone, you know, everybody knows about it now, you know? And we've seen them on, um, you know, on some videos on YouTube and stuff like that. And I think a movie we were watching, they seem like really nice people. Yeah, they do. So I, I can see why them allowing this, it's actually, it's, it's a very smart move. I think just, it would be a bit laborious of having to deal with a lot of people at one Mm -hmm. given time like that. And I mean, I get where they're at. I absolutely do. I mean, if it were given to me as an option, I'd absolutely do it too. It's just, yeah. I don't know. You're, I I would like to do it. I would just I'd hate to have to deal with that many people to to do this. I would feel like it would never amount to anything because I mean the activity probably wouldn't even happen. Of course, I could be wrong. You know, they yeah. Or they the more people and, there, the more the energy builds up. I right. don't know. I mean, they could sure. be the first ones to catch an actual you know quote unquote real mm-hmm. entity video and you know make news and there you go. And I'm the idiot talking here on mm-hmm. a microphone, but. Anyway, you know. So what do you think about just the story of the parents themselves? Do you think any of it happened? Do you think, what? what is your opinion? Um, do I think any of it happened? Yes. I think that, I think that, that there was an experience that they had. Um, you know, it's, it's always really tough to tell because I think a lot of things are layered. Um, <clears throat> I think that. Things got Hollywoodized, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that that they experienced something in this house? Look, this house has been around such a long time. It's seen wars. It's seen things. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody's going to say, well, it doesn't have eyes. It's a house. No, I, I think that, you know, there's... I mean, real deep in the woods here, and I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> but uh, there is... There's electricity around people. There's an elect- I mean, this is all measurable by science. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are certain types of homes, there are certain types of even even structures made of like quartz or wood or things. I think they can hold on to that energy. And I think that at any given time that can be, you know, whether it's it's brought out by Ouija boards or whatever you want to do. I think it's plausible. The broken neck lady thing. I don't know. I mean, yes, of course, if they saw that, it's it's something that they experience. But I'm not sure that it's um, that it's everybody's experience. You know, right. maybe they saw this in a dream. Maybe they saw this in in any given thing, so they're able to see it. You know, in a subconscious state, so they think it's part of an entity that lives there. I don't know. I do know that. There's a there's a history of this being you know seen and mm-hmm. well that's one thing we didn't talk about we, we did see and I don't know how they know this but they in the basement I guess they they thought they had maybe had a home daycare or something yeah. or it could have just been kids that lived at the house but mm-hmm. they had had like a little table down there and they flipped it over and on the underside of the table is a child's drawing that's of right. a woman with her neck hanging off to the side which is really creepy it's very creepy mm-hmm. i'll include it in the photos okay um but yeah so that means that somebody past the parents has seen this or at least the children have seen this and children are more open to that thing um but you know there's several people that have been hung yeah you know in the attic or in the barn like the the original lady mrs arnold so which one is it right yeah and it, <laughs> i also think that like I think if if you kind of like a reverse Mandela effect, if you tell people, "Hey, there's this broken neck lady there." Hey, there's this bro-, at some point if you say it enough, it's like we almost will it into existence. Yeah, you know whether people see it or not, I don't know, but it's almost like you give it such power and such energy that either you manifest it or you believe you've seen it because it's 
It's what you're supposed to see while you're there. I know. And there's a lot of, you know, paranormal investigators that talk about that. Like, this didn't exist until we started talking about it and we created it. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I'm on the fence with that, about whether we can actually just will something in by saying talking about it. I don't know. I'm I'm very 50-50 on that. Well, it's but definitely... The fact that it was the... It seemed like the kids are the ones that saw saw her. I don't know if Carolyn ever saw her. It never says that she saw her. It Mm -hmm. just says that she thinks that's who it was. So it very well could be if if Cindy was talking about it, then she just automatically thought that's who it was. Sure. You know what I mean? And I think there, just like you said, there's probably several um, entities in that house. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if you think back, I mean, when the house was built, but it was also part of a huge farm, a 200-acre farm where a lot of people lived. Plus, we don't know what was on that land before that, you know, so it could be who knows. I mean, that goes for any land anywhere, but mm-hmm. specifically that home has had a lot of families in it yeah. over time and a lot of tragedy and that can hold on to all that. So, I don't think it's one or two. No. I think there's a lot more than that. And I don't necessarily know that I mean, it could be demonic, but it I mean, it's with Cindy, it's scary. Like, she got pulled out of bed and down mm. the stairs. She got tried to get drowned. I mean, that's that's some serious stuff. All the other stuff, I'm like, eh, that could just be something, you know, trying to get their attention. But those those are pretty scary. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I buy the demonic either. Um, <clears throat> I think that... that but seems... we also don't know everything that no, happened. No, we don't. So... Right. And I know there's other stories out there where I think... There are some some demonic stories out there. Mm-hmm. I, I know that. And I've seen the you know the ghost hunting type shows. They've covered this. I also think that when something scary like that happens, uh, you know, you get dragged out of bed or you know whatever have you. That it was Cindy that had that mm-hmm. happen, right. Okay. Yeah, the youngest girl. Yeah, I don't discount Cindy's uh, incidences at all. No. Um, do I think it's a demon? I don't know. I don't always want to go to the well of a demonic possession when a ghost could just be pissed. Right. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, they were people. Mm-hmm. And there are people that sometimes you look at someone and you think, they're <laughs> they're Satan because <laughs> yes. they are evil and they're mean. And, you know, I mean, people, you know, humans are capable of that kind of kind of terror you know so are they just angry and they have to we don't know but and i think the reason this is associated as a demonic house now is because of ed and lorraine warren going in and now it's a hollywood thing and you know they're you know and now that they're gone and these movies are going to make we we know how hollywood is they always want to make it bigger and better than the one before and is this, you know, making this house associated with like a big... Because that movie was super scary. Yeah, it was. You know? Absolutely scary. And the original story, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren went in, that crap happened, and he kicked them out. And I've heard other stories where the families were not happy with the Warrens. So, yeah, I don't know. The, when it comes to them, the, I call them the first family of paranormal. Um yeah. Look, I, I like they got you. the ball started at least, right? You know, yeah. They made a voice for it, but it just it. And what I didn't mention is I had said earlier about the the Bathsheba lady. Mm-hmm. The Warrens were the ones that were the first ones to say, "Oh, it's this," because it, right. they looked up the history. They found her name was associated with this thing, and then okay, it's her. She's the one doing it. She's a Satanist. She's in the house. She's the one doing all these things. Okay. She's a boogeyman. Yes. And so from that point forward, now it's always, now when paranormal investigators go in the house, they automatically call out her name. Yeah. That it's, you know, and it's unfair. It's it is. completely unfair. And she died as an old woman from a stroke. She didn't even die in the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was nothing else bad that happened surrounding her. And it's like they had to put a name to it because then it, you know, made it real. Right. And the name Bathsheba. Yeah. I mean, it is a Bible name. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in the Bible. And so it's easy to make that demonic. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Not that I'm saying they were trying to do it on purpose, no. but I feel like they just went with the, the first thing that they could find. Oh, she was accused of killing this little kid, so it's got to be her. Well, I and mean, I just don't feel like it it, it is or was. In the was. grand scheme of things, he was a demonologist, mm-hmm. and she could see the things that he thought of. Mm-hmm. Or not thought of, I'm sorry, he saw. Yeah. I don't know. However you, however you want to fit that narrative. Do I think there are charlatans? No. I do think, though, that they had a little bit of a self-licking ice cream cone there because mm-hmm. that is a good business model. Right. But I do appreciate that, and I value their efforts towards that cause. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, look, how about you guys talking to the audience? What do you think? I mean, it's a, there's a whole lot here. It's very layered. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren, they've done a lot for the community. They have. Um, and we'll talk about more of their mm-hmm. cases because they, yeah, yeah. they did a yeah, ton the of them. Time. Yeah. But, well, listen, folks, um, you know, it comes right down to what you believe. I think you got what Nicole and I believe for the most part. Um, yeah. The Conjuring House, or it's more the, what was the... Uh, the Arnold. The Arnold home. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's good. It's a good topic. The Perrin family, basically, yeah, is what family, it's... Yeah, the family, yeah. What people know of it. I mean, it was them. Yeah. I urge you guys to look it up. There's a lot of stuff out there. You know, if the, a 50-minute podcast can't cover everything, and you know, tell us what you think. Um, and then, as always, you can reach us on our uh, Facebook, and that's Generation X Paranormal um, Podcast, because I've... I've missed that a few times, <laughs> and uh, and we also have a YouTube as well. But um, and also we have a website. Don't don't forget about that. We're at gxparanormal.com, and uh, we'd love to hear any ideas that you may have. And we look forward to next uh, next episode. Oh, by the way, next week Nicole won't be here. There's a chance that I'll have a special guest. If not, I'll just be doing it solo. So stick around, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you guys. Bye. <laughs>